This is a Duke Podcast. Hello, welcome back to Dukin with the Duke, and I am your host, Dustin, and you're listening to the next round of the Digo miniseries. Today we are playing WrestleMania. It's actually two games from the WrestleMania, but I figured end of the season I'll give you two. Before we do that, and before we get into what the games are, I have a beer. Alright, so this beer is from Indiana City. It is called Squad Goals. 7.5% ABV. Doesn't have any IBUs listed. And the description says it is a hazy IPA brewed with wildflower honey. For what you need to know is that this is a Doodle City Crew beer, which is highly popular on our show. We are we are big fans. Uh, but this one is like a year and a half now. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I have anything on the can that specifies when it was brewed, but it is an old one for sure. And when I was just removing it from my mini fridge, it just popped right open and uh, I almost lost it. So I've, I was like, All right, I got to do this episode right now. Let's just let's just get this on here. Uh, so we can um, so we can go. Uh, the reason why I picked this one specifically, other than I need to get it out of my refrigerator, is that it looks like they're fighting for the common good, just like the WWE fights for good. I don't know, but it's a team, and there are team stuff in wrestling, if I remember correctly. So this can is just straight up awesome. Doodle City can, lovely colors. I love the metallicness of it. And I love every single one of these characters that are on here. It's like they're like ready to throw down like a street brawl because they're all like best buds or whatever. They also seem very similar to, uh, to like a Tim Burton style of character. And so I figure, you know, what the heck, we'll, uh, you know, try to name these. There's a little uh, Pinocchio looking dude, a dragon, a witch with a lacrosse mallet thing. Uh, a dude who's floating with his legs crossed and flame hands, a big ogre dude with a mallet, a little fish bullhead dude playing basketball, a floating girl that reminds me of the girl in A Nightmare Before Christmas, and then you have like this little like goat squid looking thing. I don't know. The colors are vibrant. Looks like they're just ready to mess some stuff up. So that is the gist of the can. The color of the beer is a light one. It's um, based on the lighting here. It's a little rough, but it does look like creamy. It kind of reminds me of like uh, Kirk's shirt. So I'll just I'll just go ahead and stick to Captain Kirk's shirt. Or if you want to get wrestling themed, we can say it's the color of a championship belt. But it's it's mainly lighter than that. Smell uh, has a very um, I, other than IPA smell the like the the hoppiness to it kind of has hints of like a honey uh sweetness and it is a wild flower honey so it makes sense just based on the smell um i feel like it's just going to be florally and sweet so might as well get into that it's got um i hate saying these about these beers but like a, a piney cleaning solution style taste uh definitely have the sweetness from the honey um, definitely has a florally notes to it as, as expected, but all around it's a pretty good beer. It's not as flat as I was expecting, but it could also just not be as powerful as I was expecting because it is 
you know, a year or so old. So, um, all right, it's 344 check-ins. Not that popular. Two of my friends have checked this in. We have Aaron B. Uh, really good, clean, bright, and the honey is not overpowering at all. He gave it a four and a half. And then Christian D. said, a clean, hoppy, juicy, light brew. This is pretty darn good for what it's worth. Very lightly creamy, but very tasty. And gave it a 4.1. So subtle pineapple, crispy, easy drinking IPA. I don't know if I agree with pineapple. Matt as Matt A. says, not sure if it was just a can, but it was the most carbonated thing I've ever had. I could barely taste the beer. 325. There's a four, three seventy-five, four and a half, three seventy-five. A lot of pictures, not a whole lot of things. Normal IPA, nothing super crazy. Three and a half, says Brad. First crafty in a month, Gary P says, give it four and a half. Dan, this is good. David M gave it a four and a half. So you just kind of get the idea. I made it halfway or more than halfway down the list because there's not a whole lot of check-ins. So here we go. Uh, I'm just gonna say uh probably a four and a quarter. Can at home. Check this in. Yeah, I think four and a quarter is good. It might just be like an aged thing for me because it's been a year, uh, but it's very smooth. There's some Christmas to it. I do like the honey flavor. It's just the wildflowriness to it. I, I'm not really sure about, but this is very like clean. Uh, it's refreshing and it's a pretty solid tasting IPA. So I'm going to pour the rest of that and then we will get to the topic. All right, so the first game of the list that I want to talk about is WWF's WrestleMania Steel Cage Challenge. This game came out in 1982 for the NES. It is a professional wrestling game based on the WWF, released in 92 by Acclaimed Entertainment for the uh, NES. And then it was released in 93 for the Sega Master System and the Game Gear hand console. The NES version was subsequently released as a handheld TV game in 2018 under the name WWE WrestleMania Steel Cage Challenge with all references to the WWE or sorry WWF logo replaced by the WWE. And then there's a couple changes to the roster. So the modes included a one-on-one, which is a regular match with a steel cage variant. I'm not sure why you would play anything other than the steel cage. Had tag team the WWF Championship, so you choose one wrestler and defeat all to become the WWF Champion and the Tag Team Champion. You choose two wrestlers and defeat combinations of the rest in the series to become the champion. So there are 10 playable characters. Uh, the NES version and the Sega had a few similarities, and then they also had several in the Sega versus the NES uh, that varied. So in the the NES and the Sega versions that had similarities. Uh, Bret Hart was in both. Hulk Hogan was in both. Uh, Erwin Scheister was in both. I don't know who that is. Then you had Macho Man Randy Savage that was in both. And Ted DiBiase and The Undertaker. Those were everyone that was in both the NES and the Sega. Uh, then you had Jake the Snake Roberts just in the NES version. The Mountie, just in the NES version. Papa Shango, just in the Sega version. Uh, Razor Ramon was actually just in the TV game. It was not in any of the NES or the Sega, which is uh, upsetting, but I guess people didn't like Razor Ramon for whatever reason until later, I guess. Ric Flair was in the Sega version only. 
Roddy Piper was in the NES version only. Shawn Michaels was in the Sega version only. Sid Justice was in the NES version only. Uh, then you had T- uh, Tatanka, which was in the Sega version only. The Ultimate Warrior, along with Razor Ramon, was a TV game only. So it was a pretty, uh, pretty diverse setup. Uh, and I guess if you liked certain wrestles, you would get it for a specific uh, for game console, I suppose. Or if you just didn't know, you just got it. Um, all the wrestlers shared the same moveset, consisting of a standard punch and kicks, grapples, so you do a body slam, you throw in the headbutt, running attacks, flying clothesline drop kicks, a power slam to the running opponent, and a ground attacks, stomps and elbows, and a move off the turnbuckle. There are no finishing moves. However, this is the first any WWF console-based game to feature a steel cage match. So I played this on my RetroPie. It was interesting. I'm not very good at these old games, as I remember. Uh, the controls were a little bit wonky. Uh, I lost pretty much every time that I played. I couldn't climb the steel cage. I couldn't figure out how to do it. Uh, but I went ahead and just watched like gameplay of it. Um, and it's just interesting. It, it's essentially almost like a button mashy type of game. You just have to do better than your opponent while doing, you know, the same, same stuff. Um, there's no variations. It's just really, it's nothing to do with the character you select. It's everything you do with the, uh, the, your skill. Also, the graphics for this, being in 92 and 93, you would expect it to be, uh, you know, the old style. But it just seemed uh, not well, um, like, well developed. Uh, I think there's a lot going on pixels-wise that it made it... Made it a little bit tough to have the detail that you're anticipating, um, but the color, there was hardly any color. If I remember correctly, it was just like a like an off white with like black pixels to depict like the shape of the bodies and and things like that. So it just wasn't that interesting. I uh, definitely only played a couple of matches, and I picked the Undertaker, and it's just I couldn't. I mean, I didn't win, obviously, but I just I don't know. It just wasn't as like entertaining it just didn't pull me in especially in a game from 92 where you anticipate that there would be you know some graphics hell even animaniacs their their nes game i guess that's super nice but whatever it's like it was more colorful you just brought you in a little bit more than this but as a fan of wrestling growing up uh this definitely hit the spot with just nostalgic value and uh i definitely Worth checking out if you like WWF games. If you know you don't, you take a break from the ultra realistic, like super, uh, super wrestling games of today, and play like an old one. Uh, that might be fun for you. All right, that brings me to game number two. Uh, because I said this is a twofer, and I couldn't decide on a game, and I didn't want to have two different episodes on WWFs, so I went back to the 1989 version WWF WrestleMania. To bring you a game. So this one was named after the annual pay-per-view event. NES system created by Rare. Uh, published by Acclaimed Entertainment in 1989. It was the first WWF-licensed NES game. And the second WWF game overall. The first being the Micro League Wrestling. I think that's for Atari, if I remember correctly. 
WrestleMania also marked the beginning of a long relationship between Acclaimed and the WWF, which lasted 10 years. Released just months prior to WrestleMania 5, it was intended to re- help build the event up. The game's title features the tagline for WrestleMania number 3, Bigger, Better, Better. Uh, there was a Game Boy version that started development in 1990, but was canceled. It was developed by Zippo Games and designed by John Pickford, where later developed the follow-up game, the WWF WrestleMania Challenge. The game featured six wrestlers, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Macho Man Randy Savage, The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, Bam Bam Bigelow, and The Honky Tonk Man. So these are all like very important wrestlers I remember growing up and hearing all the wrestlers possessed limited number of moves, which consisted of basic standing punches, kicks, headbutts, and running attacks and move off the turnbuckles, which Andre the Giant and Bam Bam Bigelow could not perform, and a body slam, which Bam Bam Bigelow and Hockey Talk Man couldn't perform. All wrestlers also possessed a back attack that they can use on an opponent standing between them, usually a backwards punch, and a move themselves or somewhat tailored to each wrestler. Randy Savage, for example, uses elbow smashes instead of punches, while Bam Bam Bigelow has two running attacks instead of one. It's also worth noting that only Hulk Hogan was able to body slam the massive Andre the Giant. The wrestler cannot leave the ring and can only execute turnbuckle attacks from the bottom two corners. Sometimes while wrestlers is taking punishment, he will turn red, indicating anger. An angry wrestler can inflict more damage than normal while in the state. Occasionally during a match, an icon will come on the screen that a wrestler can pick up to gain health. The icons are unique to the wrestler. For example, Honky Tonk Man's is like a guitar. Andre's looks like a stake, while Hulk Hogan's looks like a crucifix. It cannot be interchangeable. Wrestlers can only pick up their own icons. Players can play a single exhibition match, one player versus a computer, or two players head-to-head, or a tournament. In a single-player tournament, the player chooses one wrestler and must defeat the other five in the series to win the championship. In a tournament with two or more players-controlled wrestlers, up to six can play. Each wrestler faces each other once. Uh, There's 15 total matches, and at the end of the tournament, the wrestler with the best winning record wins the championship. In the event of a tie, the wrestler in the tie who achieved the single fastest victory during the tournament will be declared the winner. Uh, this one had definitely more uh, movesets than the newer game, which didn't make sense. Uh, the graphics sucked in this. It was an 89, so it kind of reminded me of like an Atari game just spit over to the NES. Uh, but you know, it was definitely interesting Uh to play uh, i played as i think the million dollar man i was i just got my butt kicked pretty easily um which is very common in all these games me getting my butt kicked but it is what it is uh but the, i think like overall like this being like the first in the line of wrestling games is just very important especially with the claim being able to do up you know, the 10 years of video games and where it is now with the way that, it, you know, everything has happened. I think this was very pivotal and a right step in the direction for WWE to get into the the gaming space because there's not a whole lot of difference between people who like wrestling and video games and movies and things like that. It's just like a good time and a good place to put yourself in 
to um, the market and get uh, more people interested in your events or your thing. Um, as it being 2022 and these games came out 30, 40 years ago, uh, definitely didn't hold up. But uh, for the time period, if you if you think back to it, it, I think it did really well. And I know that Rare turned out way better video games than this. And so it's just a progress, right? It just got better as they went. As for the icons and the, the angry meter, there's a fun twist on, you know, knowing or getting those things and kind of having like an advantage, which is always fun. I didn't see any of those things. I got my ass kicked. So it is what it is. <laughs> but I think that's it. Uh, I yeah, I haven't watched wrestling in about 20 years. I definitely had the Attitude Era down when I played or when I watched. So this is definitely interesting to you know kind of get back and take a look at these uh, old wrestling style games. Because uh, I got into wrestling games for the N64 and I haven't quite played these games. And so being able to open them up on my re- RetroPie and having a, like a good old like 45 minutes of just dicking around with these and you know getting my ass kicked it was a lot of fun and i will say that doing these fighting series have been a lot of fun and if you're still listening i definitely appreciate you uh for hanging out for these uh nine glorious episodes so the main podcast is on twitter drinking geek out we have everything like instagram tiktok all those things so if you want to just follow us there and get our latest ideas Uh, feel free to do so. Uh, And like always, I hope you had fun and I will talk to everyone later. Thank you.